everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Nerd Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we interview young entrepreneurs around the globe in order for you to learn and get inspired to turn your own ideas into reality. I'm your host, Dan, and today I am as thrilled as ever to share yet another exciting startup story with you. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. All right, Alex, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for taking the time. And uh, we're here with, with Michelle as well. That's the first. Michelle was behind the camera um, for our previous episodes and is now joining for, for the question part as well. Uh, finally, I can also ask my questions. It was always very tough to just sit in the back and be quiet. <laughs> but uh, yeah. let's see where it goes. Yeah, sure. Alex, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your story, how, to, how you came to, to be here today? And maybe focus a, bit, a little bit on, yeah, on the startup uh, you've been working on. Um, sure. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, it's uh, always nice to to share a little bit of the experiences. Um, yeah. So we we founded a we founded a company in the prop tech space uh, about two years ago, um, focusing on you know business to customer market and private landlords. And uh, our objective was to digitize the entire rental housing journey. So from finding new tenants, signing contracts, through to processing rental payments, um, dealing with repair and maintenance, and kind of to put this into one platform that would, to some extent, replace the need for a property management uh, agent um, at, a, at a much more cost-effective, uh, in a much more cost-effective manner for the <coughs> private landlords. Um, and so yeah, we set out to do that, and um, we 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 did fairly well at the beginning. Um, got some traction in, uh, quite a few landlords, and a lot of exposure, which was fantastic. Um, we made it to Web Summit uh, finals in Lisbon, nice. where we really got to share our, our, our vision with uh, with a lot of people, a live audience of I think ten thousand people, wow. um, and that kind of validates a little bit what you're doing. So. That was a huge step forward for us, and then uh, and then from there it kind of all went uh, downhill, I guess. Um, I mean, it, you know, you <clears throat> they always say uh, no matter how much you you plan for something or whatever kind of strategies or things you put in place, at the end it doesn't necessarily always play out that way. And uh, for us, it was the case in particular because of our lack of experience. It was a first-time venture, so you kind of you're learning as you you're learning by doing and learning as you go along. And um, just through a combination of lack of focus, we, we ended up building way too much of a product, mm-hmm. um, which made it very difficult to onboard landlords and to get them to engage with it properly. And so as it happens, you know, our, our metrics and our traction, for example, was not up to standards to raise a, another round of funding. Um, and uh, we made the mistake of hiring too many people as well. And so we ended up uh, having to let go a lot of people, which is a horrific experience, mm. especially as a, as a first-time entrepreneur. Mm. Um, and, uh, and so we, we found ourselves, after a year of really struggling, uh, without money and uh, on the verge of having to, to close down. And then by some miracle, we came across a, a corporate uh, in Switzerland, who owns an enormous amount uh, of real estate, so rental housing real estate, 
And in this particular instance, they happen to be looking for a way to innovate their repair and maintenance processes. Mm -hmm. And so we got to talking and then uh, we realized, okay, well, there's only four of us left in the company, but we have uh, the skill set and what it takes to build a custom product for them after, you know, two years of working in this industry. And uh, so, yeah, now um, we've completely changed our business model. We focus on uh, business to business, so basically building custom real estate software for uh, for for larger companies, um, with a kind of startup for hire mindset. And mm. so that was a that's in short, you know, how we kind of went from setting out to do this business to customer startup, a platform that you can kind of scale, with great visions of you know becoming huge and then uh, reality kicking you in the balls and being like well no <laughs> come back come back down to earth and uh, and yeah. focus on 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 something where you know follow the money right so yeah. now we kind of really found our footing which is which is good and so we've started to build up um, a new positioning a new branding which we'll be launching in uh, in October which is quite cool nice nice um, you you mentioned this tipping point where everything seems to go super well and yeah. then suddenly it didn't uh, could you talk a bit more about when you realized that this happened and you know what were the effects concretely what how did you see that uh, okay now that we have problems something's changing it's not it's not going well what was that moment how was that moment for you uh, a bit like a headless chicken you know you're just running around in circles panicking yeah um, you kind of you, you lose you end up <clears throat> Excuse me. You end up uh, pretty much almost burning out because you're you're burning the candles at both ends. You're working way too many hours, mm. trying to find solutions. Um, you're talking to a whole bunch of different people. Everyone has different inputs, different ideas. Everyone thinks it should be going one way or another. Yeah. Um, and uh, the result of that was like the the real tipping point. The realization came only afterwards. But what we did was you know kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall with different ideas and praying something sticks and the realization that this wasn't working was when nothing stuck yeah. um, so you know all the different things we try to do they weren't really they weren't working out and then we realized okay we've just lost three months yeah. um, we're at a point now where we found something but we have no validation for it no metrics no nothing so yeah that was really kind of what it felt like what it was like to to be in that situation in that moment in time without the experience yeah to handle it properly. Yeah. How would you, in hindsight, um, handle that situation or make sure you don't come to that, you don't even reach that moment where you just try new ideas and nothing <laughs> sticks? And um, start, start the right way, with the right foundation. So, I mean, at the end, it's all about setting up hypotheses mm. or, um, or, or different ideas and then putting in place a lot of... Um, analytics where you're tracking certain metrics which either validate or disvalidate different hypotheses mm. and the way to do this as effectively as possible is to do it as quickly as possible right mm. because you don't want to spend time investing a lot of energy into something which is not going to result in giving you a go or no go or a pivot for example mm. so it would be to set out your different hypotheses and before building any kind of product you start validating these hypotheses with the market yeah. and then from there take their feedback and tie it into an iteration, test the iteration out and keep moving forward this way until you identify really that core problem that you're that you're actually solving. Yeah. 
can you remember a feature that you built that was not really useful or you couldn't validate really? <laughs> I mean, um, to be honest, at the at the end with the product we had, we had everything in place to test and validate all these different features. Um, but uh, one in particular was the move in, move out. So when someone moved in, you could take photos um, and kind of store them in the. In, you could store them in your in your administrative um, section, mm. and both the landlord and the tenant could then compare those photos when the tenant moved out. This was something that was so hidden, and so badly done in our UX that uh, it was a useless functionality. Also, yeah. repair and maintenance was something that the private landlords didn't really jump on either that we set up. Um, uh, so that was the second one. Mm. Um, and then uh, at the end, I mean, it works if you have the right UX and the right kind of onboarding. But yeah, I mean, we you build it step by step, not all at once, because otherwise it just gets lost. Yeah. We have some listeners that are fairly new to, to entrepreneurship. And you mentioned a couple of words uh, oh, that sorry. might be that's, that's, that's totally fine that's, that's how how we speak right um, for example UX um, could you just in a one sentence or two user experience so how your users navigate through the product or service you're offering mm. to get the value proposition so what your what problem or pain point you're solving for them yeah. that they can get to that as quickly as possible from the moment they come onto your site or onto your platform um, and allowing them to achieve whatever it is they're doing with as little barriers or, or mm. things that stop them from doing it quickly as possible. Yeah. If that was... Sure. Okay. I think that's Perfect. a pretty good Perfect. explanation. Pretty good, pretty good explanation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's super important, right? Especially for, for websites or anything that's online. Absolutely. Um, we're not very patient people. Or people are not no. very patient in general, right? <laughs> not at all. And, and get what you're looking for. Not at all. I remember once I did a test for someone and it, there was a loading time of, it was three minutes, and I just was sitting there thinking it was at least five to ten, and <laughs> I, I just told them, you need to change this because this loading time is driving me nuts. It was only three minutes. Three minutes is crazy. It's, but it's a long time, right? Yeah, but people wouldn't even wait for 15 se seconds yeah. or yeah. 10 seconds, right? I mean, the rule is it shouldn't be more than, I don't know, a few I mean, seconds. A few seconds, exactly, right. yeah. So three That's minutes felt like a long. lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> So I have, uh, if we can jump back a little bit to, to what you talked about before, you said you, you threw a lot of ideas out there, right? And, and if you could do it over again, you would start by validating the ideas before you kind of build something. Could you maybe explain how you validated them? What, what was the process? Or maybe you can, can talk about a specific example. Um, how we did in the past or because we didn't do that in the past. No, how you would do it. How I would do it now, yeah. <coughs> um, now, I mean, at the end, you... you, you you need to understand your market and then or the market you're playing in and most importantly what problem are you trying to solve and at the end there are usually many different peripheral problems which you can solve um, through different functionalities and features but at the end that's not the essence of what you're doing right so the validation process would be to say which of these problems really is the core problem and how can we as quickly as possible validate this by for example creating landing pages um, acquiring signups for, you know, so whichever landing page gets the most signups for whatever functionality you're showcasing. Um, that's one way to already get a first indication. Um, and then from there, you can build your product around this core problem. 
and just solve that one thing, right? Because then it becomes so much easier to onboard them, to get them to solve the problem with your product as fast as possible. Mm. So if that makes sense, Definitely, yeah. it would be to really start with this. And then once you have engagement, so you have users that say, okay, this is great. You're solving the problem for me, but I would like to see this, or I would like to see that, or I also have this issue. Can you be great if you could tie this into the product? Um, and that's then how you start building out your full product, right? So it's really this build, measure, learn principle where you build something, you measure its impact, you learn from that, and then you rebuild or you add on. And so the, the trick before even building is to validate what you should do. And you can do this with a landing page, which is very quick and easy to do. And it doesn't even have to be fancy. You don't need any engineers or any software developers to, to get it done for you. So a landing page is... is just for for the for the audience again is is a simple one-page website exactly that you can that you can build there's so many providers out there you can do drag and drop you can yeah. really visually build it you don't need to code anything not at all no and there's so there's many many providers um, and you can just build a website connect it to a to a URL to a domain and then just have it out there absolutely and and see if people sign up for whatever you write on that website right Precisely. So you, I mean, it's uh, you can have a static website that introduces what you do, and then if you have different functionalities or different features which solve problem like these problems, and you're trying to find which one it is, um, you can create a new page on this website. So if you're working with um, something like WordPress or with Wix, for example, mm. it's very simple to do, as you said, drag and drop. You create these pages that explain the the problem which the functionality solves. And then you take these pages and you run um, low-cost adverts, like on Facebook, for example, yeah. or through Google. Yeah. And you're using different headings and um, titles on your adverts and images um, that all have to do with this problem. Yeah. And then you're measuring how many people sign up through that particular page, for example. Yeah. Um, and that takes, I mean, it'll take you less than a week to set up. Um, and then you probably run it for two weeks you don't have to invest more than 50 to 100 francs, for example, and you can yeah. get already meaningful results. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it is quite cheap. I mean, we're also running running ads right now for one of our hypotheses on Facebook, and it's, what are we spending, two, uh, two, two bucks a day? Yeah. A day. yeah so. so it's it's really cheap if you have an idea. Exactly. It's a good way to, <laughs> <It's> to <laughs> test if there's <laughs> enough people uh, out there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was really wondering... If you could tell us more about um, your biggest struggles uh, as an entrepreneur, um, maybe we start by the biggest struggle uh, in your memory, and talk a little bit about that, how that was for you, what have you learned from it? Um, I mean, there's many, right? It's a roller coaster ride. That's that's sure, part of the time. journey. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, the biggest struggle, I think, was um, not having any kind of access to practical knowledge or practical application of all the different theories you have out there. Um, so, I mean, you can read as many books as you want. You can talk to as many people as you want, go to as many courses as you want. I felt like no one ever really managed to put down... A, a clear kind of step-by-step -step or, or, or roadmap or, or tips on, on what to do, what to focus on and how to, how to actually build this kind of company. 
Um, and that was a huge struggle because one of the ways that I solve problems usually is um, I, I will talk to a set of different people um, that I do on a regular basis, also sometimes strangers, anyone with experience. And the crazy thing is that everyone has a different way of um, solving problems, for example, and there's mm -hmm. no, st it's not structured. Um, and so that was a struggle for me was how to structure all this input and, and make it valuable as opposed to just being a lot of noise. Um, yeah. And I mean, you can see already, you know, with, with Papaya Pods, with the business to customer platform that we built, how that noise translated into the spaghetti against the wall. There was yeah. no one who really was able to sit down and say, okay, step by step, this is what you need to do to get yourself out of the situation. Mm. I guess to some extent, we didn't go through an accelerator, which probably would have helped enormously. Um, but then again, I don't know because I've not, not actually been yeah. through one with, uh, on, on the journey. Yeah. Um, and, and that was really the biggest struggle is, is not knowing how to process the knowledge that's out there. Yeah. How are you doing this now? Is it um, still is it still a struggle, or do, have you found <coughs> any way to deal with all the noise of all the books and? Um, yes, to some extent, yes, um, and that's because I'm lucky enough to have failed pretty much in every single way you can with uh, Papaya Pods as business to customer, and so these failures give a lot of context to what the noise is. So suddenly there's clarity and you're like, ah, of course, now I understand what they're saying because I did X, Y, Z and it backfired miserably. Mm. Now I really understand why. Um, and it was more having done everything and now looking back mm. that it's become so much easier to clarify it. Um, and so how I deal with it going forward is um, together with one of my co-founders from Papaya Pods, we're creating a, a bit of a framework, like a zero to seed framework uh, where we're kind of documenting all our knowledge and putting together a step-by-step -step guide for for building ventures so at least we have that uh, there to go to and we can mm. always keep improving it um, and working working on it going forwards yeah nice. but it was it was definitely hindsight now which uh, and, and being lucky enough to have made all these different mistakes yeah that that gave that clarity yeah yeah you really need to fail a bit to, to, <laughs> to yeah, become better forwards. I mean, yeah it's really <laughs> like that right that leads me to a, to an interesting thing I, I want to ask before already. Um, it was not possible to see that for the audience here because you had to see it actually, but you were still smiling when you talked about all these struggles, right? <laughs> you had to fire people, you failed different projects, you were just... He was not smiling when he was ta talking about firing people. I, <laughs> I, I saw what his mean, face, he was yeah, not I mean, smiling. It's not, it's not, it's not in, a, in, a, in a sad Thing kind of not thinking about it in a, in a sad way, more more in a in a constructive way. What to do with it, and how do you keep up this this positivity and and, and keep going with having that many struggles? Um, well, I mean, it's uh, I guess there's always a little bit of insanity in everyone who becomes an entrepreneur. I so, too. so I'd probably park a lot of the reasoning into that. Uh, and the other one is, um, and just if you're naturally curious or you you enjoy learning um, and if you view everything that happens as you know this is a lesson learned and uh, it's helped me move forward as opposed to backwards I guess it's that's kind of the, the mindset that I would be applying to, to the situation um, and at the end stupid saying but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger right so at the end of the day the, m the more failures you have the more experience you have and as long as you're able to do damage control with everything um, which which I think we were for the most part um, 
there's no reason to look back at it uh, and, and be upset. On the contrary, it's uh, it's a memory that you should look on and uh, and enjoy because it's an experience that's helped you get further. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the the, or in, and you both mentioned the situation where you had to to let people go. I can only imagine um, how that was. Probably quite a dark hour uh, yeah. for you. Maybe could you. Uh, talk a little bit about that because that's not something people really talk about a lot. It's no, just no, no. It's always on a side note. Oh, and we had to let people go. Or how is that for? How was that for you, someone who had to let your own team go? I mean, these Brutal. people become friends, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they do. It's a, it's a, you're you're a family at the end, right? And this is the, one of the beautiful things about entrepreneurship is when you start. <coughs> sorry. Turn. You want <coughs> some more water? Uh, I think I have some. Cheers. You're doing a lot of the talking, so. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's it's one of the beautiful things with uh, with entrepreneurship is when you start getting that momentum and you start building a team of people that, at this point, believe really in in the co-founding team, in the vision, and they all share this passion, right? And so naturally, you become really close. You form this culture, which means that you go to work with a smile. And so, yeah, having to having to let those people go was absolutely brutal. Um, and it was, yeah. Sorry, could you maybe walk us through that yeah. day or that week? That, yeah, sure, how, no how problem. Is, how is that for you? Um, I think it's good that the people at least can see, you know, also the downside of uh, of entrepreneurship in this sense. And there are uh, some. There are lots, and I mean, for us, it was we were a team of twenty. There's companies that have done this with teams of hundreds, right? Mm. So. Um, but it started with a board meeting, um, and so we had the board meeting. With, uh, with with the guys and then um, so with, with the board of directors and we kind of looked at our situation we looked at our cash flow and we looked at reality and um, I wanted to keep pushing until the last cent was spent and not and just let the team know okay guys we're out of money everyone's done in two months this is how long we can sustain ourselves or in mm. one month um, if you're up for it then good if not then now's the time to say and uh, the board was like, no, that's way too much risk, um, and we need to we need to do this with a with a focus on getting out of the situation, and that's not the best way to do it. Um, and so I was like, well, there's only really one alternative. Is is this really what you're what I'm hearing? And the answer was, well, you can. It's up to you at the end. You can uh, make the right call, or you can let it run against the wall but we trust you to make the right call. Um, and so I had about half an hour to kind of reflect on that. I spoke with uh, my co-founders um, mm. and then we all said, okay, we got to do this. And so then I went back into, uh, into the meeting and uh, it was horrific. So the board said, all right, list of names. How much are they costing the company? What value do they bring? Um, and uh, do you need them to hit the next milestone? And so literally we went through name by name and uh, it was like cross off, cross off, cross off. Um, this You don't need this skill set at this point in time. Um, and then we had a maybe section and then it was like, uh, we looked again at the numbers and said, can we stretch it for another three months um, with this core team? yes or no and um, at that point it was still not enough so we had to go to the maybe box and cut them all out and so I, for me this was horrible 
you know you're looking at your friends your family like people who you know you've 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 been through super highs and super lows with and they're just being looked at as a number and so i guess that was a lesson where i realized okay entrepreneurship is fun it's exciting but it is business at the end of the day and Mm. there are shareholders there are investors and there are people who look at this as a as, as a as an opportunity to get a return on investment and mm-hmm. so that involves a very different mindset so that was a really tough learning experience especially for being relatively young and so that happened and then um, we had that list down we 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 knew then it was okay now it was a matter of communicating this um, the team could already see that uh, when I came out you know you know it was like okay he's not he's not so happy um, and then I had to draft an email that night and send it out and let everyone know that by the end of the month, well, I didn't let them know in the email, I just said, we need to schedule a time to sit together. And so mm-hmm. Jacob and myself set up the time slots with 10 different people, went and uh, had coffee with them. Um, and then right at the end it was beers. But um, yeah. Yeah, we, had, <laughs> we had a sit down with them, explained the situation, apologized uh, profusely and let them know, look, I'm really sorry, but we have to terminate. Um, and uh, and there's no other way we can do it. Um, it was made a little bit easier by the fact that they knew that in those three months, if we didn't find a solution, and it was a crazy, like, a stretch goal, like, there was almost no way that we would get out of it. Mm-hmm. They knew that, you know, what we'd worked on for two years, two and a half, three years, was going down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of sympathy, actually, which uh, surprised me a lot. There was not, uh, there was not a lot of um, resentment, um, a little bit, which is natural, but a lot of support, actually. Um, and the conversations, they went, um, they were tough, really hard. How do you do but, that? Yeah. How do you do a conversation like that? How, how did you do it? Um, I can't imagine that it's like, fuck. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to sit in front of that person and just tell them sorry. The tenth time round, it was way smoother. Um, yeah. The first time round, though, it was definitely not so smooth. We kind of just did a bit of chit chat, and then it was like, right, okay, we just got to get to it. And to be honest, I'm one of those people that, at the end, when you pull the plaster off, just don't do it slowly, just rip mm. it off. Yeah. So at one point, I just said, okay, look, I'm really sorry, but um, we've uh, hit a problem, and we have to reduce our cash flow. We need to reduce our team. Um, and unfortunately, that means we need to let you go. Yeah. Um, it's nothing to do with your performance, nothing to do with your skill, nothing to do with anything other than uh, we just don't have the uh, budget to survive long enough to survive full stop um, mm. if we keep carrying on like this. Um, and, uh, and yeah, um, that was pretty much, I think, the core of the, of the conversation. And then there was a lot of explanations about you know things that went wrong and how and why and and uh, and then um, also from their end there was a lot of uh, again support um, yeah. and and a lot of sympathy as well because which was nice so then you know that started off dropping the bomb yeah um, though they already knew so the other thing is that we knew already this was coming uh, and one thing they did Probably appreciate not. which was that we took the time to sit with each one of them. Um, and like it was at least between half an hour and an hour between uh, all of them yeah. um, and we took that that time yeah. and so that was really tough and then we had the second batch um, later on when we realized okay we need we made a mistake one mistake in a decision we all took which was 
whether we switch our focus only to B2B yeah. or only to B2C. Um, and we switched to B2B and the way, business to business, sorry, yeah, and, yeah. and the way that we did that was by not building custom software, but adapting our own to different business needs. Mm. And then we finally put a lot of focus into it, but when we hit the two months and we started finalizing contracts with clients, our engineers came and said, we've just realized that our product's not built to sustain this kind of model. Um, okay. And so at that point, we were like, well, this is not good. We have one project that we've just secured with um, with a corporate. Yeah. And uh, the reality is that the cash that's coming in from that could sustain us, yes, but the risk is way too high. Mm-hmm. And we need to let the rest of the team go and keep only those of us that are required to execute, which was um, four out of five co-founders. Um, and the second time round, was a bit easier because everyone knew that we were running towards this this deadline and it was either we make it or we don't. And so the conversations were quite a lot easier to have. Yeah. Mm. And everyone just knew, okay, yeah, it's, uh, we're ready for it. Um, and, uh, and thanks for putting in the effort. And uh, yeah. yeah. But definitely not a fun experience. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so you said four out of five co-founders yeah. Or left. Was the conversation with the fifth co-founder different than with the employees? Um, not so much because their focus was on business development um, mm-hmm. as opposed to execution. And they already knew, you know, at the end, they knew when we decided that we would stop um, operations of pursuing new business with this and just focus on that. They, they, they knew yeah. um, at that point. Um, and also... Their motiv- like their motivation and interest was not so much vested in what we were doing going forward, yeah. And um, and uh, they, yeah. I mean, they were also more of a first investor as well into our company, yeah. um, that came in and supported us along the way. Uh, so that was really that was that was a very that was not a it was a different conversation, obviously. But um, but yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't as. Uh, tough or kind of yeah. out of the blue was to be expected yeah. mm. so well thanks first of all to for sharing that that moment no or, problem or that week or i don't know yeah it was a week yeah you probably remember the week even yep. in the, which one it was um so now you're um you're still uh going strong with the team of four yeah very much so um, What's the current situation and how does it look for the future for for you personally and for the team? Uh, good question. Um, we just just actually, I just came back from Barcelona um, where most of the, so the other three, they live in Barcelona. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we looked at a couple of options of what we want to do with, um, with Papaya Pods and uh, what is realistic and what kind of execution Roads uh, roadmap will be put down, and so we have came up with two concrete scenarios. Um, Quick interruption. At this point, Alex asked us to cut a little bit out of the conversation because it contained sensitive information that he had not communicated with his board. So we had to cut this part out where he explains the details of these two options that they had. Um, but uh, at the end of this conversation, we're going to have with um, the board in yeah. uh, in 
14 days yeah. um, and really looking forward to their input and their feedback um, and what they think is the least risky option because both come with risk and both come with uh, unknowns um, and we're not going to make the mistake of kind of trying to do both, both at the same yeah. time so it's really it's either you focus on one or you focus on the other um, and uh, and so that's really a qu it's a question of can we hit these milestones within this time yes or no yeah. do you believe that um, is there a way that they can support us with their network for either one um, and what do they believe is the best decision for for our shareholders um, and our investors yeah so that's also going to be interesting um, yeah and then uh, working on another project as well another company um, yeah. which uh, is more of a side project <laughs> how do you make time for for all that uh, that this is there's no pressure right so the thing is when it's when it's something that you well, I'm using it uh, together with my with, uh, with one of my co-founders um, Jacob yeah. we're um, we're using that to to just basically test a lot of the things that we've learned um, bit by bit it's fun it's kind of a thing you do on the side and then if eventually it gets enough traction then and that's a you know that's a problem for another day yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's yeah. a good problem to have yeah. so but most importantly it's about learning and and the best way to learn is by doing and if there's no risk attached to it because it is just a project and you're bootstrapping yeah. it's perfect yeah. um, and so that's more of a, a fun thing and plus all the learning that we get from this we always funnel straight back into our own company um, and this is, you know, this kind of experience and knowledge then benefits our, our customers as well. Yeah. Um, so that's quite a that's quite a fun um, fun thing to do on a rainy day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, there's so many people saying, yeah, I have a I have a full time job. I can't start something on the side. Yeah. That's bullshit. You have you have, <laughs> have a full time startup job. Yeah. And are still still working on something else. I mean, that's that's how you should do it. I'm all out. Well, I'm not all out of questions. Uh, I would have a, for example, you know, how how do you find people for a board? You know, how many people are on the board? I, so I have many many questions, but I think we need to we need to uh, stop at some stop point. Stop at some point. <laughs> Michel, do you have any? I think any? I'm good as well. I I think uh, that was a very very interesting conversation with you, Alex. Thanks a lot. No yeah, worries. thanks so much. Thanks thanks for having me. I hope uh, I hope it's interesting. <laughs> it's very very interesting. I mean. We ask questions that are interesting to us, and uh, I think also for a lot of other people we who, hope so. <laughs> who have no idea about the, the startup world. So yeah, thanks so much. Um, all the best to Papaya Pods, your own projects. Thank uh, you. And yeah, we'll talk later. Perfect, yeah. Thanks, right, see you thanks. around. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nerd Entrepreneurs Podcast. Be sure to visit nerdentrepreneurs.com to access the show notes, read about our next episode, and join a community of like-minded entrepreneurs. If you like the Nerd Entrepreneurs Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time.